Your source for community. Muskoka-made talk shows are on Muskoka Magazine, The Bay 88.7. Hey, this is Dr. Shervin. Muskoka Magazine is brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Please visit DairyLaneDental.com. This is Muskoka Drawdown. Welcome to Muskoka Drawdown. My name is Frank DeYoung. I'm your host. I'm here on behalf of Climate Action Muskoka. Uh, Google Climate Action Muskoka and sign up to the wonderful weekly newsletter so you get all the, the happenings in Huntsville, Muskoka, and across the country and around the world on climate change. It's a really good way to keep in touch with how um, humanity is uh, dealing with this this uh, existential problem, which is getting less existential all the time. <laughs> Certainly this summer, it was not very existential with the smoke and the fires, etc. I have uh, my guest today. I have two guests, and I have with me Holly Groom and Allison Myers, or Allie, she asked me to call her. And they are running a uh, film festival in uh, Huntsville. It's for the public and for the students. And uh, I would like to just right now introduce uh, Holly and Allie. Hi there. I'm Allie. <laughs> okay. Allie, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, why, why you're doing this and when did it all start? All right. Um, yeah. So as Frank said, my name is Allie Myers and I'm actually a teacher, a guidance counselor at Huntsville High School. And I uh, have been in the education business for, you know, going on 25 uh, to 30 years um, in various capacities, but always sort of have had uh, uh, an interest um, and one foot in um, in environmental and outdoor education. And um, Holly may speak about this, but Holly and I have worked on many, many projects together um, in the high school with the Eco Club in the past. Uh, and we have actually run a film fest in the past, um, but we have not done so for several years. We are trying to think back and we think it's probably 10 to 12 years. And we felt it was time um, uh, to kind of reengage our community and students in the conversation about the climate crisis because it is real and it is intense. Um, and so we wanted to, to do this. Um, and we are also are organizing this with uh, two other women who are both educators as well. Excellent. Excellent. And uh, Holly, can you tell us about yourself? Great. Um, thanks for having us here today, Frank. So my name is Holly Groom. Um, and as you mentioned in Ali as well, I'm also a teacher. I have uh, taught at Huntsville High School um, for a number of years. Um, most recently, I'm just coming out of a central position at the board as the Indigenous Education Consultant. Um, and right now I'm actually uh, supporting students at the Adult and Alternative Education Centre at the high school as well. Um, as Ali and I mentioned, I think our, our paths met um, approximately 20 years ago as educators wow. in the building. And when we first met, um, we were the staff advisors for our eco group at the school. And uh, over the years, um, we have had a number of students who continued on into university and into their own adult world who are um, doing jobs and, and working um, in the environmental sector. Um, and for us, I think it's 
really important. The educational component is, is really essential. We all recognize today that climate change is real and it is impacting us and that we have to move beyond individual actions. We have Indeed. to get to a place where there's policy changes and um, actions at governmental and, and global levels. Um, and to do that, we feel really strongly that education is the vehicle. So we're very excited to, to be working together again with our, our two friends um, who the four of us really wanting, you know, to bring this to youth and to our wider community. Mm -hmm. Um, and people love to sit and watch films. It's a great way to engage in conversation. So, so sort of what's your personal philosophy in teaching about environmental stuff? Do you do the hard sell or do you try to make it uh, fun or what's your, what's your story? What's your approach, Ellie? Well, that's an interesting question. It's actually changed recently. And Holly touched on that. Um, the concept about, um, individual actions are, are no longer enough. Um, I actually, we both have been doing a lot of learning um, lately um, in in our masters. So we're both actually doing our masters with uh, Lakehead University wow, and um, almost done. And my focus is in environment and sustainability. And through that learning journey and just being exposed to new materials and some new thinking, um, I think in the past as an environmental educator, environmental educator, I would focus, you know, with students on, you know, these individual actions that can make a difference, right? Changing your lifestyle, uh, which is not, you know, not to say that's not important, but the shift in for me lately has been that we really need to start targeting, get political, get active and start targeting our governments and our, our, big uh, polluters are, are, you know, our big corporate polluters out there. Um, and we can only do that by making noise as communities. And we can only do that by getting educated. Yeah. Yeah. What's your philosophy, Holly? Well, I, similar to Ali, it's certainly changed over the years. I'd say um, in the beginning of my career, when I spoke to students about this, I think there was a lot more um, resistance to the idea I, I don't feel like that is the case now amongst youth. They're very, very clearly aware that we are in the midst of some dramatic climate changes. And I think the piece for me is shifting um, to empower them and elevate those youth voices because the reality is in our 50s, um, we are the generation on the way out and they're the generation on the way in. And I think empowering youth to be the strong leaders, to be able to come forward and demand that change. We we can look around and see incredibly inspirational young people right now, um, like Autumn Peltier from um, Kong First Nation, who speaks very passionately about the importance of protecting water and the impact that climate change is having on that or Greta Thunberg, who we all know about. Um, those strong youth voices are incredibly powerful. And we have, um, I think a duty and a responsibility as educators who are in this position right now with the youth in front of us to elevate those voices, to provide them agency, to encourage them to, um, to find their connections to this problem and to be the ones speaking out. Have you guys actually encouraged the students to make their own videos and films on environmental stuff? Um, certainly in the past we have. And as we begin to like re-engage with this project now, uh, we have outsourced and, and we're bringing in films that have been professionally done and have been showcased at a number of film festivals, um, environmental and otherwise as well. 
Um, but certainly that is something that we have done in the past and in that we, you know, have already talked about potentially considering for the future. Mm-hmm. I know that um, there's lots of schools across our school board that do that on a school basis and the kids are strongly encouraged to create their own films. So it's something mm-hmm. we'll think about um, maybe, doing again. Sorry, maybe good to just uh, tell us when and where this film festival is. So uh, oh, that's a brilliant we'll, we'll idea. We'll tell people again in the second <laughs> half that we better get out that now. Yeah. Too. So um, it is on Wednesday, November 29th. So it's a Wednesday evening. The evening showing is at seven o'clock. Um, and of course, the school group one is in the afternoon. Um, and so the evening performance, um, the public can buy tickets um, via the Algonquin Theatre um, online box office or in person on, uh, on, on the day of the event. Yeah, and I just want to add um, to what Ali said there. I think it's important to note we are charging a, a fee um, to come to see the film festival. It is strictly to offset the screening costs and an opportunity to sort of bring us together um, as community and um, any of the proceeds that do come from it will be directly donated back to climate action here in Muskoka. So we're not, uh, not money making, but just trying to cover the screening fees. Yeah. Um, I, I just want to ask a political question. There sort of is a, something of a, there has been something of a wave of social conservatives across North America and the rest of the world. And and this philosophy tends to not include the ecological analysis, ecological uh, worldview. Um, and I sense that some ecological activists were feeling on the defensive. You guys do not sound at all on the defensive here. Do you, what do you hear from the students? Well, one, yeah, I mean, it, there's a mix from students because, of course, students represent, you know, a a broad range of backgrounds, um, just like any community. Um, one, one thing that Holly and I have talked about is that we do notice that students are disengaging from conversations around climate change. Um, so whether or not in their home, they're told that it's not a real thing, or probably the more real fact is that there is a huge amount of climate anxiety right now, which that means denial, right? If you don't talk about it, it's not there. Mm-hmm. And so just being an optimist, um, I'd like to think that that's students that appear to not care or appear not engaged. I'd like to think it's more about climate anxiety and hopefully through conversation and things like film fest, we can engage students in conversations to say, you know, climate anxiety is real, but here's some strategies, right, to, to kind of combat that and, and be part of the solution. Yeah, yeah just to add to Ali, I think um, the extra layer to that as well, as well is, is helping the youth um, see themselves as part of the solution, because the problem feels to me. Um, as a woman who is near nearing 50, incredibly overwhelming. And I can't imagine being a young person who is on the cusp of adulthood, thinking about um, purchasing a home, purchasing a car, starting a family, whether it's the right time to even do these kinds of things because of the world that is about to come. Um, And so I think the more we can engage them in solution-based conversations as well, the more um, that, that that pushes against you know, some of those other stronger voices. 
And on, can, can I just add one thing Please. on the on the um, political conversation? I watched this really funny. I don't know if you've seen the Climate Town series YouTube videos. Really, really funny, really engaging. He has this what he calls a two minute um, video around um, it, just like climate change is real, and he dispels the myth that every every party it's American, so it has an American bent, but he you know, dispels the myth that like every political party, every corporation, every scientist, you know, all agree that it's happening. Right. So, yeah. So he, so it's a really entertaining climate town. If you ever come across that. Okay. I'll check that out. Okay. We need to take a quick break. So hang on and we'll be back with, uh, with Ali and Holly after uh, uh, a few minutes. Buy Muskoka for Muskoka, your collection of Muskoka-based talk shows. Muskoka Magazine, The Bay, 88.7. I'm Dr. Shervin from Dairy Lane Dental, and you're listening to Muskoka Magazine. Welcome back to Muskoka Drawdown. I'm here with two high school teachers from Huntsville High. We have um, Allie Myers and Holly Groom. Um, welcome back. And uh, can you tell us just right from the top of when, uh, the, folk fe- when the film festival will be and um, and the, some more of the details. Sure. Thank you, Frank. Um, so we're hosting the film festival Wednesday, November the 29th at the Algonquin Theatre. Uh, the afternoon, we have invited students from our region to come and join us for a youth um, educational presentation of the films. And in the evening, it's at 7 p.m. And we're hoping that our community comes out to join us. They can purchase tickets through the Algonquin Theatre box office to Excellent. attend that evening. So the 29th of November. Excellent. Um, Canada has um, the third largest oil reserves in the world. We are a petro nation. The Canadian dollar is a petro dollar. How do you explain that to kids that, that, because they probably know, right? All their dads drive, uh, or moms and dads drive F-150s or F-350s. And and, uh, there's a lot of uh, resistance to electric vehicles. How do you approach some of these uh, climate change issues? Well, some of these films will, um, you know, target our reliance on fossil fuels and looking at solutions. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the uh, the timing our event of our event is intentional. Um, that is actually uh, just before two days before COP twenty eight, uh, and we we will be mentioning this in the at the film fest, um, and you know. The fact that we're still very far away from our uh, our goals set in the Paris Agreement around uh, the re, you know the reducing of the world temperatures. Mm-hmm. So um, so I I think you know through the through some of the films we will be talking about our reliance through corporations on on the fossil fuel industry and you know, proposing solutions that will still employ people in the North, right? Solutions that will still, um, you know, keep families working, right? Um, Because I think that comes out of fear, right? So I think we need to kind of keep working with youth around dispelling the myth that their current lifestyle, um, they can maintain their lifestyle in a different way. Yeah. Do you have anything to add on that? No, I think the the other piece that... um we're really emphasizing and hoping to spark some more conversation is around um, Indigenous sovereignty and Indigenous voices and involvement in um, any sort of climate action and climate policy that gets developed. Um, 
I know certainly as you're mentioning, you know, the oil sands in, in that area, there's a, a great number of First Nations communities um, in that area of our country who are working very hard to both manage economic resources and environmental resources in a really positive way. So um, several of the pieces that we share are going to have uh, some more information just around Indigenous involvement and offer us an opportunity to talk about that too um, as, as an area for us to consider. Do you, do you speak with the students? There's, a, there's an idea out there that, we, that most countries in the world went really serious about COVID. We did a lot. We printed all kinds of money to make sure people when businesses wouldn't go broke. We really ramped up all kinds of services for people and make sure many people as possible were safe and did acted uh, the most prudent as well. This is a lot of people say, look, we did it for COVID. Now we need to do it for climate change. Mm -hmm. That seems to resonate to me. Is that an angle that you would uh, emphasize? Yeah, I would definitely agree. We've learned that we can respond to an emergency and a pandemic. So we need to shift our thinking collectively that that's what this is. That's what the climate crisis is. But one um, one film that um, uh, Holly and I uh, watched in, in one of our courses and that we're going to show in the afternoon showing is called Forget Shorter Showers. Um, you may have seen that video and it's, it's really, it's about that whole... Um, you know, individual versus collective big actions. And that's what I think we need to land on um, through this film fest and through our conversations with youth, that it's empowering to know that you have a voice and that if you take action with your peers, with your families, that that's the way things are going to change. Uh, Unfortunately, there's too many companies invested in profit um, who are leading the resistance to change, but we need to make the noise collectively. Do you think, do you talk to the students about the mechanisms of financial mechanisms to get this to happen? I mean, I think of like dis- disinvestment and then there's a tax structure, tax shifting. We need to give concrete ideas of how this, how our government. Yeah, changing your, who you bank with, exactly. right? Big banks. Yeah. We're going to share some resources with the school groups after, and some of those resources will target all those, you know, all those action items where we can begin to uh, give the corporations less power, right? Yeah. Do you bring in our politicians, our MPP and our MP? Have you thought of bringing them in? We have in the past, certainly. Um, this time we're not. Um, we're really trying to, um, you know, stay stay focused this time with uh, the topic at hand and the theme that we'd like to just empower the youth um, and allow that voice to, to spread, certainly. But um, part of the conversations that we have had and that I'm sure other educators have too is around um, the youth finding their own political avenues in order to um, be able to leverage that as a as a way to to push for real change, exactly. right? So yeah, we're we're saying we're nonpartisan and we're not directly inviting political leaders. However, we imagine that some political leaders hopefully will choose to buy some tickets. Yes, <laughs> um, we need some again concrete ideas of what the kids can talk to their parents about. Um, Obviously, you guys are hip to the idea of heat pumps as an alternative to natural gas and certainly as an alternative to to um, to oil and and um, propane out if you live rurally. That's one that's just on the edge uh, of, of going mainstream across the continent. And that's a really good example. And what are other examples of what the kids can really do themselves or talk to their parents about? 
as you think of. Yeah. Well, one, one thing that um, I've been trying to have conversations with you through, I'm a guidance counselor, so I talk a lot about futures, right? Um, but uh, it, I was at the eco club meeting um, two weeks ago and we started discussing like uh, that solutions, like, you know, you want to be an engineer, you know, you want to be a journalist, uh, whatever it is, there's a way in to climate solutions in all industries. Right. Um, and so you can still, you can match your passion for climate change with whatever your job passion is, because there are many jobs out there to be created, to rethink the way we're doing things, to come up with technical solutions around heating, around, you know, all those pieces, cars, right? Yeah, exactly. I think that's one of the most empowering pieces, you know, both from Allie and I, when we work with any youth, um, we're constantly reminding them that we're preparing them for a job that doesn't even exist yet. They're going to get to create it. I mean, that's the beautiful, exciting piece of this. And so if they're passionate about working towards um, supporting climate action, then there is a way for them to find and create those own solutions. We might not even know what they are yet, well, exactly. but, but, but ex- exciting them and teaching them those problem solving skills and, and empowering them to, to just go out there and try that is really where we're coming from. Well, exactly, because it's like an, an upward spiral of lifestyles and technologies. And these technologies are just barely coming on stream now, many of them. And the lifestyle options is, a uh, you know, <sighs> Are we going to be starting to look at walkable communities so that nobody needs cars, electric or otherwise? Because there's a lot of criticism of electric cars, mm-hmm. et cetera. And, uh, you know, then we look at the, how, how efficient our, the envelope of buildings is and, and you know, what, where our food comes from. It's all encompassing. And I guess what we need is everyone, adult and child, uh, children, young people alike, is to see the see the world through the ecological lens, as they say. Mm-hmm. And one, one other interesting thing is that there's so many intersectional issues now like that we understand around climate change. So the climate crisis is now really, um, it's about poverty. It's about um, Indigenous sovereignty. It's about food security. So, I mean, if you land on, if you're somebody who believes in justice and equity, it's not just climate. It's all connected. It always strikes me that everything that we want people to do and governments to do for climate change, even if there was no climate change, we should do those anyway. Mm. Yeah. And that yeah. is looking it's at about a we, just society. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. all the components, right? Because, uh, you know, the automobile electric or otherwise, one third of people can't even don't even have one, can't afford one. So we have, you know, it's called energy poverty, et cetera. Yeah. Um, I'm afraid we are basically out of time. I'd like you to take a, a minute or so, each one of you, and give us the final wrap up of, uh, of how exciting this is at your school. Well, first, let's just start by saying thank you for having us here on the Hunters Bay Radio. We're very excited to have a chance to talk to our community out there and to encourage others to please come out and join us on November the 29th at the Algonquin Theatre. Um, I'm I'm excited again to be working with my friend Allie, you know, a number of years since we've done this, but this film festival, um, I think is going to bring a lot of really interesting ideas forward and offer us an opportunity to really engage in some conversation around climate solutions. Um, and that's what we're very excited about. So I also thank you, Frank, for hosting us. Um, and I think I'll just end with saying that if you're somebody who cares about um, justice and climate and wants to engage in conversations in your community, we think you should definitely come out with several friends on the evening of Wednesday, November 20, 29th and join in the conversation and just enjoy some really lovely films. 
Excellent. Well, let's make sure that your engagement in Skolka Climate Action Film Festival is a great success. You two are a dynamic duo, formidable. Um, I think you guys are, uh, are just doing the work of the angels. And thank you very much for being on my show. Thanks, Thank you. I went to the country to escape the noise and lights. I laid there in the pine cones all night. I woke in the morning and all the trees were gone. I got this sinking feeling, everything felt wrong. It was stripping.